You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. From the field to the film room to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co-host and fellow draft enthusiast, Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, gearing up. You know, the championship game is just a few days away. Let's get it. Yeah, uh, we're we're as a podcast, we're a little bit in shambles over here. Uh, Dives is sick. I'm sick. Mark's gone. The championship's coming. We've been trying to get this show recorded for several days. And finally, we just had to do it with the two of us. So uh, we wanted to get something in your feed recapping the college football playoff semifinals, talking about the championship game. Oh, by the way, I'm trying to close on a house in the middle of this whole thing. So it's been a mess lately, but we're here to talk about some football. And Dives, the college football semifinal games did not disappoint. Um, Let's just start with the first one. We've got had number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama. This game ended up in overtime uh, with Michigan winning 27 to 20, which is a little bad for the brand because we universally picked Alabama to win this game. However, when you get into overtime, I think we were close enough. So it uh, could have gone either way. This game was wire to wire. Nobody ever led by more than seven points in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan was up 13-10 at halftime. Alabama took a lead 17-13 to and then pushed it out to 20-13 to with under five minutes to play. And then Michigan had their only score of the second half. They answered with an eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to tie the game with under two minutes left. And there was a kind of a crazy sequence where Alabama was going to try to score. Uh, and then they didn't and Michigan called a timeout so they could get the ball back, but then muffed a punt and recovered it inside the one yard line. You thought this game could end on a safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up going into overtime. Uh, Michigan takes ball. Blake Corum scores on two carries, puts the pressure on Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it ultimately came down to a fourth and three uh, fourth and goal, excuse me, from the three yard line. The <laughs> so Al- Alabama went QB run. Jalen <laughs> Milrow was stopped short. I hopped on Twitter to make a joke about Brian Johnson, and like the top eight posts on my feed were other people making the same joke. Gotta love Eagles Twitter. Uh, but Michigan emerges from this game victorious. They will go to the college football championship game on Monday night. Dives, what stuck out to you in this game? Yeah, I thought a top storyline heading into that one was how Michigan would match up against. Alabama's offensive line. Uh, I thought the Wolverines dominated in the trenches. The the pressure they put on Jalen Milrow, uh, coming from all over, um, you know, bullying freshman left tackle Caden Proctor, 
especially in the first half. They had five of their six sacks in the first half. Uh, most were coming on early downs, uh, forcing Alabama, uh, you know, behind the sticks over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it was really impressive how the Wolverines executed the blitz and remained disciplined um, throughout the majority of the game. Uh, you know, they were able to corral Milrow for chunk losses. Um, I thought Alabama's offensive line showed its inexperience. Uh, there were repeated missed blocks. Uh, there were poor uh, preparation um, all across the board for Alabama, continuously shooting themselves in the foot with penalties or fumbles or uh, botched snaps, what have you. Um, you but you got to give a shout out to Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines, for cooking up a game plan that really got into the real estate of Jalen Milrow. Uh, even though Alabama led for most of that game, like not an ounce of me thought that they were uh, comfortably in the lead or the game was even remotely close to being over, especially with Milrow and uh, Michigan kind of limiting the, the air attack. Uh, so then, then you get to that final stand by Michigan. It wasn't a pass rush, but like the final play by the Wolverines was just another example of how Michigan's uh, terrific performance up front sealed the deal. Uh, you know, the, the defense stunned inside. They clogged running lanes. Um, it was just uh, top to bottom, an impressive performance from the Michigan uh, front seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people that didn't watch the game, one of the biggest negatives, I guess, what what honestly ends up probably costing Alabama the game is their center play. Uh, just yeah. awful snaps all game, even snaps that even on the last play of the game, which you could debate the merits of a QB run when at a shotgun when your center's been having problems snapping all game but even that snap was bad like yeah. milro was having to corral a lot of bad snaps he had three fumbles in the game some of that came from bad snaps and uh that's just it's it's inexcusable for a program like alabama to exactly. be in the postseason and have this play from your center i don't know how i don't know how that's not sorted out throughout the season Mm -hmm. But it really is those little things. Uh, and Michigan had their own little things. Michigan's special teams was horrendous. Yep. Um, <clears throat> they muff a punt. They miss an extra point. They missed a field goal. Uh, that could have cost them as well. So there were a lot of little things on both sides. But Michigan is able to get it done. Uh, and they will face off against Washington, who fortunately for our BGN draft brand, Washington did win their game against Texas because not only did we unanimously pick them, uh, we unanimously picked them to win the whole thing before this started. And that looked in doubt for a while. It was a, I didn't watch this whole game live again, sick. I watched like the first quarter and went to bed and I watched the rest of it later, but this was a tremendous game. Yeah, it was. Uh, back and forth all first half. Uh, it was knotted up 21, 21 at halftime. And in the second half, Washington pushed their lead out courtesy of, two fumbles and a punt from Texas on their first three possessions. And Washington led this game 34 21 with under 12 minutes to play. And this almost became one of the greatest collapses in like college football history. Uh, they punt it back to Texas who goes on a touchdown drive and pulled it within eight. Um, the team's trade field goals. Washington, Washington ends up getting the ball up six with 66 seconds left to play and three Dylan Johnson runs didn't pick up a first down. It did drain timeouts, but 
They only ran 21 seconds off the clock, and Texas gets the ball with under a minute left to play, aided by a kick-catch interference on the punt. Quinn Ewers hits Jordan Whittington for a 41-yard pass to get down to the Washington 28-yard line. Then they get down to the 12, and they end up with four shots into the end zone from the 12-yard line, and they just come up short. So it was it was a remarkable game watching these guys trade blows back and forth, and I don't know what more you can ask for. It didn't go to overtime, but to end with the chance to throw it into the end zone, not only for overtime, but for a win, uh, was a phenomenal game. Michael Penix Jr. ends up throwing for 430 yards and two touchdowns in this one. Dylan Johnson rushed for two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, man, Washington's so much fun to watch. What did you take away from this one? Yeah, the, the top takeaway for me was uh, the Michael Penix slander has to stop. I mean, this guy has shown over and over and over again that he's just a straight-up gamer, man. Um, yeah, Washington didn't end the season as dominant as they wanted to. But for some reason, at least on my timeline, at least around, you know, the college football area, like there are some doubters about Michael Penix Jr. And um, it's really hard to overstate just how good Penix was in that game Monday night. Uh, you, you touched on the numbers, but like the way he evaded pressure is something we've seen all season long. Uh, his pressure to sack ratio of 8.1%, one of the best marks in the nation. Uh, he threw downfield over and over and over again. His average depth of target was beyond nine yards. Uh, he was credited for six big-time throws, zero, zero turnover-worthy plays uh, in this game. Um, just that's the Michael Penix we've seen all season long, uh, taking big shots down the sidelines, uh, trusting his receivers to draw penalties, fitting throws into tight windows. Um, it was the best quarterback performance in the playoffs since Joe Burrow. And the, the chemistry we saw in that one between Adunze and Polk and McMillan and Michael Penix Jr. is just on a different level, man. The haters were silenced. Um, I also thought the Longhorns really missed Jonathan Brooks. Uh, we touched on that during the semifinal preview. Um, he's a day two guy for me. Love that guy. Um, really, really great prospect. But, you know, replacements, Jaden Blue and CJ Baxter, both very good prospects in their own right. They're both young but both had crucial fumbles in crucial moments in this one, one during uh, Texas's first possession after halftime, another in Washington territory at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, so both turnovers were just massive in the difference in this game. Uh, but again, major credit to Michael Penix Jr. And just stop doubting this dude, man. He, he, he delivers over and over and over again when he needs to. Yeah, he's going to be, Michael Penix Jr. is going to be one of the most interesting draft quarterback prospects yeah. this year because, you know, he will turn 24 before his rookie season starts. He's torn his right ACL twice. He's got an SC injury to one shoulder, an AC joint injury to the other shoulder. So you're looking at a guy that's going to be very old as a rookie. He's got significant injury history. And he doesn't have a ton of mobility. Like, he's more of a pocket passer. It's more right. of a dying breed. but and then you got to factor in like the guys that he's throwing to, like he's got so much talent around him. Like he's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting to see mm -hmm. how teams treat him in the draft. Like, honestly, I could see, you could tell me right now, Michael Penix jr. Is a top 10 pick or he doesn't go until the end of the second round. And I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He has a wide range of outcomes and I can't wait to see like 
what teams think about him as we get closer to it. But there's no doubt he looked incredible uh, in this game like he did for most of the season. Yeah, I think it's pretty solidified that, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are your top three. After that, it's pretty much wide open for this quarterback class. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, let's spin it forward to the championship game. It'll be at 7.30 Eastern time on Monday night. Michigan versus Washington, the top two seeds in the thing starting out. The two teams that were undefeated face off. Uh, As of right now, Washington is about a four and a half point underdog in this one. Now, we already picked Washington uh, before this whole thing started. We all picked Washington to win. We thought they would be playing Alabama. Uh, Dives, does anything you watched last Monday, does it change your pick? Or are you still riding with the Huskies here? I'm still riding with the Huskies, man. They've been my team all year long. Um, you know, you start with Michigan. You know, it, it's got to just, – just like the Alabama game, this game is all on J.J. McCarthy yet again to kind of keep his head down and limit turnovers as much as possible. Washington's defense can be exposed – um, and I could easily see Washington giving up some chunk yards to Blake Corum, who's, you know, arguably the best Michigan running back ever, which is crazy to say. Kudos to Blake Corum for breaking that touchdown record. Um, but, you know, Washington kind of has a bend, don't break defense that, you know, they do force turnovers. They do keep teams out of the end zone when it counts the most. Um, the good news for Michigan is that they take care of the ball really well. They only have eight giveaways this season. So I I think this game is all about McCarthy limiting mistakes. You look at the Alabama game, McCarthy got a little lucky sometimes, uh, whether it was a tip pass or an interception um, that was caught out of bounds on the sideline. Uh, So, yeah, Michigan cannot afford to shoot themselves in the foot against a really quality uh, Washington squad because, like, when you look at, like, turnover margin, when you look at penalties, kicking games, special teams, coverage, Washington is so good in all the little ways, all the little areas uh, that truly make up the difference in these kind of games. So uh, that's a little bit about Michigan. But when it comes to Washington, man, um, this game, I think, is all about uh, Penix's uh, biggest test of the year. You know, you look at this past defense of Michigan and, you know, they rank top 10 in yards per game, yards per attempt, completion percentage, QB rating, interceptions team pass efficiency. You could go on and on about how good this Michigan pass defense uh, really is. But like on the other end, Michigan has never faced a offensive fire, the offensive firepower 
uh, of Washington and the quantity of weapons they have at their disposal. Um, so for Washington, I'm looking at how Penix handles that Michigan blitz. Uh, the Wolverines entered the Rose Bowl with a pressure rate of 42% of the season. That was the fifth best in FBS. And this was a Michigan team that didn't really blitz a lot until uh, we saw a lot of stunts and stuff against Alabama. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see how, um, you know, obviously Jalen Milrow is not the, the opposite of uh, Michael Penix Jr. Penix Jr. wants to stay in the pocket. Uh, but, yeah, but let's keep an eye on how Penix handles this Michigan blitz because – Penix's completion percentage drops big time when under pressure, 73.7% to 44.6% when, when under pressure. The good news for Washington, Washington's O-line is arguably the best in college football. They only have given up 11 sacks in 14 games this one. So that's a huge thing I'm watching, you know, how Michigan attacks Michael Penix Jr. Can they rattle him? Uh, can Washington, can the Michigan defensive line handle the Washington O-line? Washington O-line is nasty, man. They, they have been nearly perfect all year long. And I, 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 my vibe is that continues. And I expect Washington to beat Michigan. Yeah, this is, this is a clash of styles. Like, there's really nothing I want to talk about. Michigan offense versus Washington defense. That's whatever. Like, we'll see what happens. Everything that's of intrigue to me is Washington's offense against Michigan's defense. I mean, you look at it, it's just it's the number one passing offense in Washington who's throwing for 350 yards a game against the number two pass defense in Michigan who's only allowing 150 yards per game. It's Washington's offensive line that you mentioned, who's only allowed 11 sacks all year against Michigan, who has 16 sacks in their last four game. Like this game will be one in the trenches. It will be one uh, based off of if Michigan can disrupt the Washington passing attack. Washington can't play a grinded out game against Michigan. They will lose. Like, mm -hmm. And similarly, I don't know that Michigan can play a shootout type game like Washington just played with Texas. They will lose. And so... You know, if this is a high scoring game, you know, maybe if you're picking Washington, maybe you look at over unders and you bet overs instead. Cause this, I think if it's a high scoring game, Washington definitely wins. Michigan is going to have to drag Washington's offense down into the muck and beat them there. And they can do that. Like they ride Blake Corum in that rushing attack. And Washington rides Roma Dunze in a group of super talented wide receivers. Um, I, I'm not swayed off of my pick of Washington. Uh, their disastrous game management at the end of the game aside against Texas. Hopefully that's something, you know, they learn from the little thing I'm watching for in this game is that Michigan special teams. Like it was really bad and it almost cost them the game against Alabama. And I mentioned it in the recap, but they muffed a punt that could have let that game not go into overtime that muffed a punt inside the one yard line, almost safety to end the game. They missed an extra point. They missed a field goal in the semifinal. Those little things can add up in a game where I think the margins are this small. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, though, I just I take offense over defense. I think offense, it's just so hard to shut down an elite offense for four quarters. And maybe that's my NFL bias creeping in because at the college level, you can ride a defense a little better than the NFL. Uh, corners are allowed to play a little more physically and 
all of those things. And, you know, we've seen Alabama ride dominant defenses in Georgia when the offenses weren't as good, but the defense took over the game. I just don't think that's going to happen here. So I'll take Washington. I'll definitely take Washington in the four and a half points. Yeah. Uh, and I'll pick them to, to win and cover this game. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, this, this Washington team, you know, they, they've, they've dealt with adversity. And just like I said, if Michigan, um, if, if they, if JJ McCarthy, McCarthy starts throwing interceptions, if he throws, you know, picks, um, or balls into tight windows, you know, this is a, an opportunistic Washington defense. Yeah. They can get carved up a little bit, but they, they make you pay for your mistakes. So it's not a great defense like Michigan, uh, but they seem to deliver when it matters most. Yeah. And, and I too, it's just, when you look at that clash of styles, one mistake can cripple Michigan. You know, Michigan gets a fumble like Texas did, and all of a sudden Washington can have a two-score lead like that. And now yeah. you're trying to play from behind, which you're not equipped to do, versus a high-flying offense like Washington. You bust a coverage or you fumble the ball once and give up an easy touchdown. It's no sweat. Like, you can make that up. I just feel like it's there's a lot wider margin for error uh, for that team with the high-flying offense. So it uh, should be a great game. Really excited to check it out. So glad it doesn't kick off at like nine o'clock or some nonsense like that. Give me the seven thirty start time. Uh, I will definitely have my eyes glued to that on Monday. So, uh, dives. Before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts you want to throw out about this game or draft season coming up? Uh, no. Um, I'm excited to continue our draft coverage. Final thoughts on the game is Dylan Johnson's injury status. Uh, apparently, he will be good to go. Uh, for Monday's championship game. But that's a guy that Washington utilizes heavily to kind of keep defenses off balance. Um, and he's their kind of red zone guy as well. Uh, so keep an eye on that injury. Um, from what I understand, he will be good to go. Uh, but Dylan Johnson is a major X factor for this Huskies team. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to about do it. Thank you guys for joining us for our final I don't know. It's not regular season, but final in season episode of the BGN draft show. This show is not going anywhere. We're going to figure out a schedule at uh, those of you that are longtime listeners of the show. You know, we're going to do position rankings for every position. There will be mock drafts. There will be day three podcasts. We're going to do a lot of stuff covering in the lead up to the draft. Um, obviously we're going to be very Eagles focused in that, but we're going to do quarterback rankings for, you know, completion stuff. So if you guys have certain aspects, certain things you want us to cover beyond position rankings and mock drafts, let us know. My DMs are open on Twitter at ShaneHalfNFL. Uh, we want to get you guys the draft coverage that you want. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, be sure you hit the subscribe button so you get every show in the BGN radio feed. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm at ShaneHalfNFL. Dibes is at Mr. Crockpot. And we will catch you guys next time for another episode of the BGN Draft Show.